Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today as always by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, we're going live to recap the regular season opening weekend. We've got a lot to get through with weekend one. Before we get into all that, a quick reminder to follow us for all news and updates at Attacking Third. We also have a TikTok and an Instagram now, so please follow us across all three platforms at Attacking Third for highlights, cool graphics, breaking news, and so much more. And you can watch us as video at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. Lisa, how you doing today, buddy? Oh, can't hear you, pal. You're muted. Let the people hear you. Sorry. Gosh, Let the people you. hear you. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, Monday morning for you, right? I started yeah. off with the show muted, um, but I'm good. NWSL regular season weekend happened. We we got a taste of some competition outside of the regional parameters that was were set during the Challenge Cup. We got to see different teams being exposed a little bit. Um, and I think the best part about this weekend is we got six wins. We got six losses. We got yeah. no draws across the board. Teams either got three points or they got zero points. No points were split. Um, if it's going to stay like this throughout the regular season, yeah. it's going to be a lot easier to determine postseason and yeah. everything like that. I doubt it will, but um, otherwise I- I'm doing really well today. Sandra, how are you on this Monday morning? Man, I'm doing okay. I'm feeling good. Honestly, I think the games this weekend just sort of set in motion. I mean, I know we've had Challenge Cup and we've been covering that for several weeks now. And quite frankly, we've been covering NWSL nonstop, right? <laughs> Since even, even through the offseason. But there's just, I don't know, there's just something about uh, like kicking off a regular season, like kicking off what you know is going to be this this sort of long journey that we're all going to take together. And we get hyped about that. I don't think people realize that, Lisa. Like those of us like yeah. in the media space, like we like we get amped for game day too. Like that's what's up. Like we're we're here for this, right? So I was uh, very excited that the regular season was kicking off. And uh, I'm, I'm excited that we've got games to talk about with results. And I'm excited to go through them because I know there were a few that like we had chosen as maybe they're going to be draws. But no, you said it. There are six teams walking away with losses, six teams walking away with wins. Let's get through them. Let's start out with these expansion sides. Expansion sides winning big during opening weekend in regular season. Angel City versus North Carolina. Look, you knew we were going to hop on here and talk about this game first. Angel City defeating North Carolina Courage 2-1, delivering North Carolina Courage their first loss of 2022 and earning a first franchise win at Bank of California Stadium. Lots of amazing energy coming into this one. Angel City kicking off. Uh, later, so the, maybe we thought we were going to get some NWSL after dark action, but there was it was something better than that. A lot of good things, a lot of emotion within it. A very, very dope pregame show uh, that was put on between the club, the league, and CBS Sports Network. Loved watching that. I just, from, from minute one of the pregame show, Lisa, honestly, all the way through the final minute of stoppage time, I just was captivated. Further, or this is the best way I can put it. Just absolutely captivated by what we were all witnessing in this game. It was fantastic. I think we do have to talk about the pregame show just oh, yeah. a little bit because that was 
really what started the whole entire fanfare. I mean, selling out Bank of California Stadium was huge for Angel City. All of the investors being there for Angel City on the field, the pregame show that happened, the incredible whip around show that they did. They had Lori Lindsay uh, on the pink carpet interviewing yeah. investors in Billie Jean King and Abby Wambach and Jennifer Gardner to Marissa Pilla hosting it, also interviewing people randomly as they kind of came to her. The signing of the NWSL CBA on national live television, which for those of you who maybe didn't see some of the tweets going on, um, I'm very close with Marissa. She's my Philadelphia gal pal. And I texted her and I said, you are doing a fantastic job during this pregame show. Great job. Can't wait for the game. Like excited for all of this. And minutes before the CBA was signed, Marissa was told that the CBA was going to be signed like seconds before. I shouldn't even say minutes, seconds before. So she's talking and all of a sudden in her ear, the producer is saying, actually, Megan Burke and Jessica yeah. Berman are going to sign the CBA on television. Can you just tee that up? I love so that. He had to react on the fly. Throw it to Berman, throw it to Megan Burke, ask them some questions, sign the CBA, and, yeah. and go on from there. I know Jen Hildreth tweeted about it. Um, Ali Wagner and Jen on the call, they did a yeah. fantastic job. I mean, we have to start with the fanfare that was the entire pregame show. It was really well done. Angel City has risen. They, they've rose the bar for yeah. how an expansion side needs to come into the NWSL. Because we've talked about this a lot, Sandra. There was so much fanfare around this club, the investors, everything they were doing, but could it translate to the pitch? Because yeah. really, that's what the NWSL is about. That, that was our biggest burning question yes. in our preview about this team. Exactly. You have a lot able, of buildup to this day. Yes, you, you have, have to be able to pay off. off. You ha- yeah, you have to be able to put the product onto the pitch and compete. And Angel City won. North <laughs> Carolina Courage. I I'm I was a little bit shocked. The opening yeah. goals coming in the first two minutes and thirty seconds from Angel yeah. City. This was incredible. I'm watching yeah. this game, and I was at my parents' house, and all of a sudden I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" <laughs> but what a good game to like have on when you're, you know, maybe just not on the job in your home office, like watching a game, like you're including other people, other eyeballs. Oh, and this yeah. is the match that they're getting to watch with you. I, I, I love that. I love that so much. You're a hundred percent correct. I, I think it was, it went beyond like the actual 90 minutes, right? It was everything that happened in front of it. It was everything that happened after it. And quite frankly, like this very long buildup to it. Again, it was on CBS Sports Network. And and I love that us at Attacking Third, we were able to have so, so much of the, the clips of, of the pink carpet and a lot of these interviews over on our Twitter. If you if you missed any of the pregame stuff, we've got a ton of it over on Attacking Third socials. Uh, you can go to cbssports.com, wrote up a lot of stuff there for you all in terms of recapping this historic event so if anybody missed anything like this historic cba signing on the cable television you can go ahead and uh, take a look at it there but um i love that little anecdote that you shared with us just sort of watching it happen in real time and it, it just sort of felt like i don't think anybody was anticipating that and all of a sudden it was happening you had like the new commissioner executive director megan burke and marissa pillow <laughs> as the witness i guess right sort of seeing it all unfold but something it just I felt mean, very special as a witness watching live <laughs> all of us all of us were witnesses it just uh it felt very very special and uh i know when we did our preview of this uh we very much try to you know keep it x's and o's and, and in between the lines and and i was i was torn and you were like listen i, I gotta go with north carolina kurtz because mm-hmm. of the resume in front of us right i almost did that as well but there was just something where i was like you know i think i'm gonna go bold here and just go with the home side and just see what happens because i think Somewhere in the back of my head, knowing that like you and I, for example, covering it on on the media side of things, we've been doing this for a very long time. We're talking about a franchise that, you know, the announced the league announced expansion to California uh, like during the 2020 Challenge Cup. Mm -hmm. So this has been a long, like nearly two year buildup to this moment for Angel City. And uh, I've looked. I've covered some games. I'm just going to say it like that. I've, I've covered some games in my day. And there's something about, you know, these sort of X factors that come into play when you're 
covering certain games. And sometimes X Factor is like first ever franchise game at a new facility. I got muted by you, buddy. Uh, big anticipated, uh, big anticipated crowd, like sellout crowds. That type of stuff comes into play in terms of potential X factors for a game. So I just couldn't get that out of my head when we were making our picks. So making making the picks, I was just thinking about that a lot. I said, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of like, I don't want to call it like hoopla or, or unnecessary stuff. It, all of this stuff needed to be celebrated. And I'm glad that it did. And I'm glad that we all got to see. And you could just sort of tell when the game kicked off in the body language of everybody on both sides of the ball that the Angel City players were absolutely amped. And honestly, North Carolina Courage going up against it too, they they thrive, I think, in those type of environments. So it was uh, it was in, it was incredible to to watch and to have the, the goal come that early and then sort of have this little back and forth because North Carolina was no slouch in this game. No. They absolutely tried to take control back of this game, getting one back right in the second half and having a good, good stretch of play, majority of it, I would say, in terms of being able to get back in the game. I thought for a second there they were almost going to spoil uh, the the result there for, for Angel City, but they hung on. They hung yes. on. Huge, huge defensive performance. Got a shout-out here, Cheech, Spencer oh, yeah. on the back line. But uh, thrilling game. Love that this was the game that kicked off the regular season. It was the best game to kick off the regular season. And, and yeah, the hoopla of it leads into it. But the soccer on the pitch, North Carolina ended up starting a, a number of rookies that got their first starts in Gray and Berkeley, which I was a little bit surprised to see from Sean Nahas to do that. However, maybe he's seeing different things in training and, and the conversations he's having with these players. I don't think that changed anything. If anything, it made those two rookies yeah. um, that much more prepared for the rest of the regular season to come because I don't think any player has any played in that played in that type of environment before in a Bank of California stadium with that type of energy and the fanfare and it being a nationally televised game but I, I think on the pitch North Carolina fought very hard and and oh, yeah. if they could have just held on those first 10 15 minutes yeah. it would have been an entirely different game but Angel City had so much momentum and that's where they were able to yeah. get their two goals in those first 13 14 minutes of this yeah. match and that changed everything um, but moving forward I can't wait to see these two teams play again because Angel City they came out on top but they weren't the only expansion side to do that no, they weren't, but shout out to Angel City kid picking up the win. Welcome to the show. We got to go through for the other expansion side team because they also picked up a win. San Diego Wave FC kicking off their regular season on the road in Houston, taking on Houston Dash. Walking away with a narrow win, but it's a win. Getting 1-0 over the Dash. Lisa, in this one, it almost sort of felt like maybe there was just going to be a split result in this one, but uh, San Diego Wave had other plans. Oh, that's exactly what it felt with. It felt like this game was slower um, to, to get the start going between these two sides. It was a, a lot of back and forth, but not super quick. Whereas we saw that in, in the Rain Washington game, it was all fast pace, pedal to the metal. This one was a little bit slower. We've had a lot of question marks about Houston Dash throughout the Challenge Cup and and now heading into this match against San Diego, they were without head coach James Clarkson, so they had some coaching turnover, had to have an interim in that position to start this match, but this game came down to the final minutes and the 86th minute is when San Diego was able to get on the board first. And this came because a slew of substitutes happening for both sides, Katie Johnson for San Diego, she gets subbed onto this match in the 85th minute. And then she gets the assist just a minute later in this attacking moment for San Diego wave. It was serviced into the box. Johnson flips it on. And then Jody Taylor gets a goal for San Diego Wave, finding the back of the net. I think Jean Campbell had a good match in, in this game for Houston Dash as the goalkeeper. She played really well, especially going up against Alex Morgan, Sophia Jakobsen, who probably could have had a goal for San Diego in this opening minutes of this match. She almost got snubbed up under Jean Campbell, and then it ends up being saved off the line by Houston. I think that Sophia Jakobsen is going to go back and watch that, that breakaway that happened earlier 
early in this match against Houston and, and fix some things because that should have been a goal. She should have scored that. She should have finished that. We can see the growing pains for San Diego as an expansion side in the NWSL. Now they were able to get away with a win in this one. There are so many different learning points between um, trying to slow down Maria Sanchez for Houston Dash and prevent services. Yeah, present, pre- prevent services into the box. That's all you have to do against Sanchez. Yeah. And it's very difficult to do. Uh, it sounds easy, but it is not at all. So this was a, a good test for both of these sides. But a huge congrats to San Diego for getting the 1-0 win over Houston in this match. Houston, they've got an uphill battle to climb throughout this regular season. You know, I hear you on that. I, I if memory serves me correctly, I don't know if you have your handy dandy notebook with you, Lisa. We but in terms of the picks in this one, did I have this one as a draw? No, we both picked San Diego we in this both one. Both picked San Diego in this one. Because listen, listen, listening to you close out on that and say, you know, Houston's got some things to work on. I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, I would have, I just wanted to see a bit more from uh, the home side, I guess, in, in this one. We're, we're, com- we're talking about this coming off of a game where we're talk- we were just talking about Angel City and how some of the other X Factors off of the pitch might have played into that. But First game of the regular season, coming off of a Challenge Cup where there were some small bright spots, even though they did not advance into the knockout rounds, but some good individual performances that they could have hung their head on, right? We're talking about Maria Sanchez being one of those. But the same can also be said for San Diego. We we talked about them sort of in that latter half of Challenge Cup, kind of finding the, the spaces and the areas of growth for this team. And the fact that it just sort of turned into what it just sort of felt like a very kind of long and gritty grindy kind of game. Those can get dangerous. I think when you are going up against a team or an opposition that are trying to establish themselves. And in this case, it's San Diego. And I don't mean just as an expansion side, you know, because yes, granted, that's the obvious point. They're trying to establish Mm -hmm. themselves as a very new team in NWSL, but for a lot of teams going into 2022, uh, not just expansion sides, they're still trying to figure out their, their cultures, their team identities, well, how they're trying to play on the pitch. And with a team like Houston, sort of having the storylines around them going into this opening match, you had to wonder how much of that was going to come into play. You know, having their head coach be suspended effective immediately due to ongoing investigations across the league, having to have uh, uh, an interim head coach be named kind of, you know, quickly because there was going to be a game happening very, very soon for them. This was all in the buildup to this game. So just imagine that a lot of that came into play potentially. Some of the body language in this game for me stood out. Uh, just not not a lot of ideas. Sure, I guess is a is a simple way to put it, but just something that we just can't quite put our finger on it just there wasn't a lot of cohesive soccer I think being played from Houston on this night that we saw and maybe that's you know due to the fact that they are unfortunately dealing with some off of the field issues right now so uh, I hope that this is maybe just game one right week one game one it's something that we hear these players talk a lot about you gotta quickly you have have you have to have a quick memory loss in this one that you got to put it behind you and move forward. So my hope is that Houston can do that because I think when I look across this roster, they've got some pretty talented individuals where we've talked a lot about this attack, having somebody like a Maria Sanchez alongside somebody like uh, a Nichelle Prince or a Rachel Daly. Uh, But unfortunately that just, just didn't shake out that way for them. And uh, I hope that moving into week two, we see a little bit, uh, different ideas, a little bit different tactics from from Houston, and or even just even if I think if the next game that they have, maybe that there's even different body language. I think might be uh, considered a plus for them compared to this yeah. one because for San Diego, oh, did I lose you? No, I'm here. It oh, starts for Houston. It starts with the mindset that they have heading into these games that they need to be able to say we're going to play as a team. It can't be individual performance that lift Houston because it's not going to work. Although Rachel Daly is an incredibly good player in individually, and so is Maria Sanchez, so is Katie Naughton. Jane Campbell has really good moments. They need to play as a cohesive unit because Shea Groom can't do it all in the midfield. Rachel Daly can't do it all up top. They have to go into one of these matches and say this is going to be a collective 
effort for 90 minutes and see what the product comes out onto the field because they can't rely on one player to do everything. No, I'm with you. And it's almost like maybe you're looking at the other side of the ball. Maybe you're just like, well, they had San Diego didn't really, you know, have make their breakthrough until they had a substitution and they made that mm-hmm. impact, which listen, I, I loved to see it. I got to cover Katie Johnson for a few years in, in Chicago when she was with the Red Star. She's absolutely this more of this a collaborative type of player. And it did not surprise me at all when she came in and made the impact and had got credited with the assist for this one in San Diego. But we have to tip our hat to the expansion sides. And this one, when we were wanted to kick off the show, we said we have to talk about how the two Cali teams came out here and got a result. So congrats to uh, Los Angeles, San Diego, picking up wins in their very first NWSL regular season matches. But we've got more games to get through for you all. And we're going to do that after a quick break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's get back to it. We've got shutouts, three goals, and three points. We had two matches that walked away with 3-0 scorelines. Let's talk about Portland Thorns FC versus Kansas City Current. Portland Thorns taking it to the current 3-0 to open up their race. Gosh, Lisa, we got to chat about this a little bit. We talked in the preview about how Kansas City is going to get a look at some other opposition now that they have uh, advanced in their Challenge Cup semifinals and getting a chance to look at teams outside of the central region that they played with. They were in a group with Chicago Red Stars, Racing Louisville, and Houston Dash, and we were a little curious about how they were going to look against some other teams in the league, and boy, do we get a glimpse of that. Portland Thorns coming out, Sophia Smith, not in the starting lineup, but still had an impact in this game. Impressive. Absolutely impressive. It was very impressive to watch these sides play, this Portland side play against Kansas City. You and I both had Portland taking the W in this match against Kansas City, and it was a big test for Kansas City heading into this. Could they play against a powerhouse team in the NWSL despite winning their central region in the Challenge Cup, scoring goals, being big influences, having a lot of rookies step up in Elise Bennett, Jenna Weinbrenner, uh, Alex Luera in the back line. They had a lot of good players show a lot of big moments throughout the Challenge Cup. However, for Kansas City coming into this match against Portland, it was going to be a battle, and it that's what it was. I think that Portland just brought their A game to Kansas City, and because the opening goals started for Portland in the eighth minute, oh. Morgan Weaver, that was almost like the pop of the balloon to start deflating Kansas City because after that, it was just Portland attack ramming themselves down Kansas City's throat. It was a lot of pressure on the back line for Kansas City and and how they dealt with Weaver, uh, Janine Becky, Sam Coffey, Christine Sinclair, Klingenberg, Quika, all coming into that attack because Portland rolled out their 3-5-2 that we've seen throughout the Challenge Cup. They've carried that over into the regular season because they were very successful with it, having their wing backs in Megan Klingenberg and Natalia Quika pushing up sending crosses into the box, it makes them incredibly lethal. And it's really hard to defend against a team that can send very quality crosses into the box with a lot of texture on them, a lot of pace, 
in really good positions. And if you're not pressuring to those outside players to prevent the crosses coming in, you need to be able to win aerial duels in the air. And Kansas City couldn't do that against this Portland side. Heading into the halftime, it's Portland's up 2-0. Christine Sinclair gets the second goal for Portland in the 35th minute. In the second half of this match, it was all Portland. They continued to control a lot of the possession yeah. heading throughout this this game. It looked lopsided. And ultimately, Sophia Smith, she gets subbed onto this match, and she ends up getting a goal. I wasn't surprised at all about this. Yeah. I, I'm actually surprised she didn't start, though. But I think the combination between Weaver and Janine Becky up top was something that Reen Wilkinson wanted to see and, and have – Janine Becky grow into this league a little bit more as this regular season gets started. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they, I think having, oh my God, Janine Becky, we like, we're just, yeah. keep, I keep listening to you, like our, like our listeners are joining us live, like just rattling off some of these names for this Portland side. And, and even talking about them or thinking about them in 2021, we talked a lot about that, that the depth of this squad and it, it, I think that is a similar, trend that is going to echo for them in 2022 because we're looking at a team that that brought uh, Sophia Smith off of the bench like it's just kind of like it's a madness to think about right and I and I think when listening to you mention even Janine Becky as an option for them as well I mean maybe that was part of the struggle for Casey I mean that is a lot of pieces attacking pieces to keep an eye on to make sure they're you know that they're that they're marked and it's I think we saw it even just in that opening goal right just having this this great kind of combination play Rodriguez Sinclair Weaver having the presence of mind to you know make that extended run Sinclair getting it getting it through to Weaver and Weaver putting it away and that happening within the opening 10 minutes I think you, you said it best it absolutely started to deflate that that Kansas City balloon a little bit and uh it just it was a little bit of a struggle I just, we just didn't see Kansas City ever really get stake the, a, a place in this game you know we we talk a lot about waves of momentum in soccer maybe you take it 15 by 15 by 15 and we just didn't really see a good stretch, I think, from this current side. I mean, even when you look at the final stats of this game, just absolutely blown away. 19 to 5 shots for Portland on goal, 12 shots to 1 for Kansas City. They would just struggle to generate in their own attack or even to sort of uh, really kind of say, hey, we're going to take it to you for this stretch of amount of time. And it just it just didn't happen. And I think the silver lining maybe for Kansas City out of this one is the fact that it was week one. It's game one. It's it's the first match of your regular season. There's clearly a lot here for them to look at and and go back and maybe look at the tape and and work on because listen, this is not the only club to go into Providence Park and get and get whooped, right? Let's let's just be real. This is it's a tough place to play when you're the opposition on the road in that facility. Always a a good crowd and and typically a good team that you're going up against. Uh but I think a lot of people were looking at this as neutrals or as people who are invested on one side or the other uh, to see like, OK, let's take a look at Kansas City against a team like like Portland Thorns. And and I think folks are kind of like, well, OK, there's some <laughs> there's yeah. some things to, to work on here. There's a little bit of difference in opposition that they've been that they've been playing against in the Challenge Cup versus uh, versus throughout the the whole of the of the league. And uh, I think that there's like maybe even a lot here for them to look at as they prepare for their semifinal against North Carolina courage in, oh, yeah. in the challenge cup. Uh, but uh, we'll see, hopefully it's just, it's just the first one that Kansas city has to grow from, but let's talk about the other three zero scoreline in this one, Orlando pride versus Gotham F C. We talked about this one a little bit and we're talking about maybe teams that were unfamiliar with others, right? We're talking about Kansas city, Portland, but now we're going to talk about two sides that have gone up to against each other multiple times because of how they have played against each other in the challenge cup. And now they got to kick off the regular season against each other. Orlando pride, the hosts in this one, but walking away on the losing side, we I, listen. 
I'm excited by this result for Gotham because I feel like we've been coming on here and we're like, what's going on with the attack? Where are the goals? And and listen, they delivered in this one a 3-0 scoreline for Gotham FC on the road against Orlando Pride to kick off their regular season. This was a huge game for Gotham. This is what we wanted to see. Heading into this one, you had Gotham picked as the winner. I had a draw between these two sides. I wasn't sure we were going to get it from, yeah. from Gotham. Um, they needed to put together a full game. We needed to see individual performances that could collectively be combined to break down opponents. And that's exactly what we ended up seeing from Gotham. This was a first half flurry of goals from Gotham in this match. Uh, before when we got the starting lineups, right before this match kicked off, I saw that Aaron McLeod was back in net for Orlando yep. Pride. And I was really pleased with that player that did well throughout the Challenge Cup, then dealt with a bit of an injury, and she didn't get to play for the last few matches for Orlando throughout the Challenge Cup. And McLeod is a great goalkeeper. So I was felt feeling stronger about my draw when I saw yeah. the starting lineups for these two sides for Gotham. They had purse, Mewis, Monahan, and Anamano in their attacking starting lineup as well. But this game got quickly off to a start. I think a player that we've had a lot of question marks about, I've had a lot of question marks about is midfielder Christy Mewis for Gotham because she has so much skill. She ran the midfield when she was at Houston for so many years. She has continuously been called into the national team camps, but being traded to Gotham under Scott Parkinson, Christy Mewis hasn't looked like herself. She hasn't provided enough. And in this match, we saw a really good yeah. Christy Mewis. She ends up getting the assists off the corner kick to start the opening goal in this match for Gotham. And then she ends up getting the third goal uh, at the end of this first half for Gotham. And of course, Margaret Purse, she oh. gets the breakaway goal that That's ends good. up being goal number two for Gotham. I, I, I loved it. It was a good, strong first half for yes. this Gotham FC side the goals coming within a about a, a 10 to 15 minute span from Gotham to close out this first half and I'm in 100% agreement with you I think getting Chrissy Mewis for Gotham I think it was met with a lot of enthusiasm right but I this sort of felt like this was the game that she kind of uh, introduce really introduce herself on the pitch in terms of what she can do, the skill set that she can bring for a team, uh, and and now doing this for 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 Gotham FC. And I love the way these goals kind of came about, Lisa. I love that there were different types of goals. You had this opening goal come off of a corner set piece service delivered from Mewis to Cerrone. Some goals in the run of play. Loved the goal from from Purse and and love this link up that we're starting to see between the two of them. Uh, and you could see the, you could see the connection in this game starting to develop and. That's what we were looking for, I think, during the Challenge Cup. We were wondering, like, what's what's the disconnect? Like, is it the fact that there's some unfamiliarity here? And maybe, you know, going through that Challenge Cup, it was a, a bit of a struggle for them. They've alluded to that. And uh, maybe now we're starting to see the, the payoff of kind of having those early growing pains, right? Going, being stuck in, in this in this East region again with a couple teams like the Courage, with a couple teams like the Spirit, and now finally kind of taking all of that collective work and and putting it all together, maybe in the regular season. Now, I am also going to say they did get this 3-0 win against an Orlando Pride team, a team that we know is uh, currently in the process of a rebuild. They've got a new head coach. They've got a ton of new faces. There's always going to be the other side of the ball where folks are saying, okay, this is a 3-0 win against a, an opposition that is yep. also struggling. How how big or convincing of this is 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 this, of a win is this for a team like Gotham to build on in the offseason? But listen, win is a win in this league. We've heard a lot about how it's the most competitive league in the world, and anybody can get you on any kind of given day. So not going to take away anything from Gotham in this win. But I'm a little curious. I know we talked about that. We said we want to see a full 90 minute performance from this Gotham FC side. And while they got the win, and I loved the goals that came out of this, and I'm ready to see more from Gotham, I don't know. We still got that full 90-minute game from them. We're talking about three goals that came in the first half, and then you had an Orlando Pride team that came out in the second half and said, no more. 
It's not yeah. going to like not going to happen. So when we're looking at the two halves, you're looking at uh, Gotham not able to break through in the second half. So just a little curious is something I want to keep my eye on and, and take a look at. But uh, I think a really good start if you're looking at the Gotham in terms of their attack. You have to look at the first half versus the second half. And Orlando made changes at the halftime. And I think one of them, that player we hadn't seen in a while for this squad, is Sydney LaRue. She got subbed on at halftime in the midfield. And LaRue is a player that can change the entirety of a game. And I don't want to say it was all on LaRue. But I think the defensive lockdown and and having a little bit more control in the second half and not allowing Gotham to score any more goals had a lot to do with bringing Sydney LaRue on. She's a player that can change the course of a game. And Amanda Cromwell, head coach for the Pride, knows that. And it was good to see LaRue finally get minutes, consistent minutes. I mean, consistent 45 after dealing with a bit of an injury. But this this is a tough match to evaluate Gotham however on paper they got three goals they got a shutout that's really really good for Scott Parkinson and New Jersey New York Gotham FC as they head into this regular season let's chat about the final two matches of this episode we've got some narrow wins to talk about some 2-1 score lines in this one let's kick it off with chicago red stars versus racing louisville fc chicago red stars taking the victory in this one two to one another matchup that we've seen with these two teams going head to head already three times in the last month we've seen uh, we saw that with Gotham and Orlando Pride and now we're seeing this with Chicago Red Stars and Racing Louisville tough game Lisa for a number of reasons primarily and you hate to see it the weather got involved in this one these two teams were monitoring some weather situations ahead of the match the Chicago Red Stars putting out some weather announcements a few hours before kickoff saying hey National Weather Service alert we're also paying attention to everything but someone who was local to the area I was also looking at the weather trying to play meteorologists like well actually this might blow through <laughs> and and by the time kickoff comes they might be okay you know trying to make my own predictions and that was only half true they got to play about 30 minutes of this game together on the pitch before they had to take a pause and for nearly an hour and 20 minute delay these teams had to go back out again play out the final 10 minutes or so of the half then go to halftime, and then come back out and complete the game. It was a very, very long night in Bridgeview at SeatGeek Stadium, and both teams doing their best to put on a bit of a show, try to pick up a result, and Chicago Red Stars hanging on to a 2-1 win in this one, Lisa. It was tough, tough night, I think. Oh, gosh, the weather alone is just miserable. That is miserable to play in. And then to have to sit through a rain delay and have to continue to play after that changes a lot of things. But uh, I think we have to give credit to Chicago for starting this game really strong in the opening two to three minutes of this match. Ella Stevens, she gets her goal in the second minute of this game. And then again, Emily Fox for Racing Louisville responds in the 10th minute. That was a really good response to see from Fox getting on the board, of course, as well. Emily Fox is such a good player. She is so good with the ball. She is a player that can change a game. Um, We saw a lot of good things from Racing Louisville because this was also going to be a test for Chicago as they had not beaten Racing Louisville at home yet. They do it this weekend. It was a really good job. But before the halftime, Chicago is able to get the game winner from Bianca St. George's. This was a really good goal. I think St. George's is a player that has grown into herself this year. And I think a lot of it has to do with Chris Petroselli giving her minutes and giving her consistent minutes because uh, challenge cup in 2020, she had a really good challenge cup. And then we didn't see her throughout the regular season in 2020. We bear in the fall series, barely saw her throughout the 2021 regular season. And if she is a player that can get a lot of confidence know that she can make an impact on the field, in the attack, getting assists, scoring goals. It's going to be a different year for St. George's as she goes throughout this regular season. But Racing Louisville, uh, the weather definitely didn't help them. I mean, it didn't help Chicago. It didn't help either side. It was tough. But having to go sit in the locker room in the middle of the game and then continue to play it out, that is incredibly difficult. It takes a lot of mental strength. 
to oh me. Oh my gosh. Which was maybe, maybe I think if you're, if you're neutral watching this game, right? If you're not someone who has an invested side, like if you're not a huge Red Stars fan or a racing fan, it's, it's tough. It's almost like this is opening. It, it was a detriment, I think, to, to maybe the, the entertainment value, quote unquote, you know, of this game, because it almost felt like this game was going to be a little end to end in the opening half, you know? And then all of a sudden it just like the weather said, nope, none of that. We, we got to turn this. This is too fun. We have to turn it into a, a, a grinder now, a long grinder kind of a game. And uh, I think that that had that, in, we saw that impact, uh, you know, d- during the, the long stretch of, of the delay and then coming into the final 10 minutes of the first half and then a halftime and then and then the, the full second half. Uh, but, you know, the opening goal in two minutes off a set piece with, with Cola Preco to Stevens, Emily Fox with the quick response, St. George's with that that ridiculous goal. It was like a, a ricochet off the crossbar and then she just kept following her shot and then slotting it away. It just, it was exciting some of the soccer that we were taking a look at the ball was moving quickly because the pitch was already wet from rain prior and uh it would just it was it was like a little bit of like let's play some yakety sacks and see like what's what's gonna happen in this game and then they just they had to halt for nearly another 90 minutes <laughs> exactly we have to give a shout out to a listener goalkeeper for chicago Strong. she ended up with five saves in this match, um, which is a lot for, for a goalkeeping team. I think that racing Louisville, they had a lot of good chances and they were trying to create chances. They had 47 total crosses in this match, seven corner kicks, um, 14 for eight against Chicago, but the 47 crosses, where are the bodies in the box? I mean, yes, so much credit to Alyssa Nair and the Chicago defense for being able to clear those out. But Racing Louisville, get on the end of it. Listen, and this is where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you where they were. They were on the bench, Lisa. This is maybe my one, the no. thing that maybe it grinded my gears in this game. Ebony Salmon did not get any time in this game for racing against Chicago Red Stars. And I got it looking at the map and looking at these crosses being whipped. And you, you could see in some of the body language, you know, just coming down and getting a, a little bit frustrated that some of these crosses weren't finding her, that she wasn't able to get on, on, on the end of them. And this is a veteran player who is a goal scorer, a proven goal scorer in this league. And I was just, I almost just felt like I was waiting. I was just waiting. I was like, all right, any second now, Coach Kim Bjorkigan is going to get Ebony Salmon into this game and 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 maybe alleviate some of that targeted pressure off of Jess McDonald and and watch this game is all of a sudden going to be a 2-2 draw which should would which yeah. would probably be unsurprising for a lot again a lot of neutrals watching because these two teams tend to play out the draws but it didn't happen Lisa and I was like uh, okay she was not listening on the injury report that was a little, I was like, maybe there's something there that she's working through. Maybe it was game, game to decision, but I would have loved to have seen a player like Sam and come into this game and see what she can do in a late game situation after it was just such a long grind type of game, but we just didn't see it happen. And uh, we'll never know. Oh, it was going to say because Chicago <laughs> and Chicago ends up taking, taking the win in this one and all three points. So uh, tough. I hope we don't have to see another, I know. Ridiculous, long, extended uh, delay like that. And it wasn't just for the rain. For folks who are unaware, you know, the soccer takes place in, in anything. Heat, cold, rain, snow. shine, snow. But when there's lightning involved, that is like the one, that is like the rule of all rules. And once there's a lightning strike within the area, you got to postpone the game. So that's what ended up happening that night. Hopefully, knock on wood, everybody, we don't have to see uh, see that again or have the players go through that. But uh, let's close it out, I think, with another very, very big game. We, we opened up this episode with a huge game. I think we're going to close out this episode with a huge game. Washington Spirit versus O.L. Reign. I'm loving the matchup between these two teams, Lisa. It's an exciting time to watch these two teams go head-to-head, opening up the regular season against each other. Washington Spirit taking the victory in this one, 2-1, and getting their championship rings on this day as well. It was uh, you love to see it. Good scenes out of D.C. You love to see it. This was my game to watch this weekend. I had it circled. Not only is it was it a preview to the Challenge Cup semifinals taking place this Wednesday, but these are two powerhouse teams that did really well throughout their Challenge Cup regional games that they played, and now they got to face 
big competition on the East Coast in DC. We both had draws for this one. I don't know if you remember, but I had a big draw, <laughs> meaning like two, two, three, three, and you had a small, narrow draw. I, I was almost there. We have to talk about what happened in this match. I mean, the opening 15 minutes across the board this weekend were really crucial for every single team, whether it was getting on the board or defending. There was a penalty kick awarded to O.L. Reign in the opening Ugh. minutes of this match. Okay. Rose Lavelle steps up oh. to take it. And I'm going to give a lot of credit to Aubrey Kingsbury here for saving this one and not letting this be a goal. Rose Lavelle and Aubrey Kingsbury, they know each other very well from the national team camps that they played together. They know each other very well. I'm sure they practice penalty kicks at the national team. And Aubrey Kingsbury able to come up huge with this save if Rose Lavelle converted and if O.L. Reign were able to get on the board first. I think it would have changed things oh, for O.L. Reign. Not that Washington Spirit would have been deterred at all because we've seen them come from behind two goals. We've seen them get equalizers, late game winners. But for O.L. Reign, they would have had a little bit more confidence throughout this match because just a few minutes later, before the 15-minute mark, Ashley Sanchez nails a bullet of a goal from the top of the box. This is what we've been waiting to see from Ashley Sanchez. We know she can do it. She can assist. The confidence for Sanchez has been growing and mounting throughout this season, throughout last year in 2021. And this is it. Keep an eye on Ashley Sanchez because she is phenomenal to watch. She is going to be uh, one of the best players to watch in the league this year and for the national team. I'm with you. I, I I loved watching another game where we got to see this very impressive attack from the spirit. But I want to, before I wax poetic about that, I want to step back for a second, talk about that penalty kick. Oh. It absolutely would have made a difference in this game. Yes. And yes, it's as a goalkeeper, when you're put in that scenario, there's, there's two jobs here. As the one stepping up to take the penalty kick, you got to convert. And as the to. one in the net, you have to stop it. And I'm sorry, I, I you could just sort of see, I did not think it was a very well-taken penalty kick. That's not to take away from the stop that that Kingsbury set, that Kingsbury went ahead and made. But you can even see in the body language of Rose Lavelle, she was kind of pissed. She was like, I just did that. You could just sort yeah. of see immediately, and her body language was like, that sucked. Like, she was not happy with the way in which she took that. And then it sort of puts you in a, it, it was, it, it was still zero zero. So it's like it was still a it was still a game that was in uh, that was attainable in terms of momentum. Like who's going to take the momentum in this game first? And that moment, if she would have converted, it would have gave the rain probably the next stretch of momentum in the game and it didn't happen. So now you had two teams that were kind of chasing after momentum in the game. And, and once you allow a team like the spirit to get a hold of that, they are very rarely going to give it back. To oh you. yeah. And, and Rose Lavelle missing that penalty kick affects her own personal confidence because we've seen this OL rain team score goals like bam, 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 back to yep. back to back. And because that first penalty kick wasn't converted, it definitely changed things. But this game was incredibly entertaining to watch because it was so open. Every time the team got the ball, it was push in transition, yeah. look to go so fast, get down to the other side of the pitch, a pickoff, go the other way. It was a tennis match going back and forth yeah. if you were watching this at home yeah. because it was so, so fast. But in the second half of this match, Roosevelt, she makes it up. She ends up getting on the board. It was like a ricochet pass. She follows yeah. it up and ends up getting on the board. It was a sloppy goal, but a goal is a goal. At this point, it's 1-1 Ashley, after the Ashley Sanchez goal in the first half. 53rd minute, Roosevelt gets the equalizer. And then Ashley Hatch, she nets the game winner in the 66th minute, assisted from Great Trinity goal. Rodman. It's, it's the the triple threat up top between Sanchez, Rodman, and Hatch for Washington Spirit that is making them unstoppable. That might have been my favorite goal in, in this game. I mean, this Sam Staub 
she's we've had her on the show she's a great player to talk to and listening to her and watch we asked her when she came on with us we're like listen are we going to see some more you know sam style bombs in this one and and that is what this sort of go ahead goal it was lovely we saw this great dime over the top from stop out wide to rodman who serves it in and just this nice little flick of a header from Hatch to sort of give them the go-ahead goal. It's like something that we've just seen from this team uh, constantly. And it's sort of scary to think about this Washington spirit attack possibly getting more lethal because we got to give a shout out to some of the underrated players in this game as well. I mean, Anna Hefferty is, is making her herself known, I think to the oppositions as the spirit are going up against other teams in the league to start out 2022 as, as reigning champions of 2021, maybe a player that wasn't on the radar or the scouting reports for oppositions, but she's going to well, be now. Well, she played defense in 2021. She she was a forward in college. She went to Boston and was drafted by Washington Spirit and ultimately played in the back line as an outside back under Richie Burke, which it, it depleted her skills as a forward because she's yep. an incredibly good forward. And now that Helferty has, is playing in her correct position, higher up the pitch yeah. in the front line, we're actually impact. seeing what she can do, why she was drafted, why she was such a good collegiate player at Boston yep. and, and what yeah. she can do on the pitch for in the front line, especially yeah. Chris, playing alongside Chris and Sanchez. Yeah. Chris Ward's slotting her in there, you know, in light of, of Tara McCown, you know, being injured, having to navigate herself through some injuries right now. It's almost like you just haven't, there hasn't been like a hiccup in terms of player in, player out. Like this attack still looks as lethal as it did with or without. It, it's just very, again, it's it's very um, impressive. And honestly, maybe a little, like we've been alluding to this on, on some of our prior episodes when it comes to these two teams when we were covering Challenge Cup group play and now we're going to be covering the semifinals but playoff previews I feel that anytime these two teams are going head to head like we're getting a taste of it and honestly it's delicious I want more of it I cannot believe that we're going to see these two teams go head to head once more midweek for the challenge cup semifinal but for the regular season the spirit take the first one and all three points we're going to have so much more for everybody down the stretch. We want to thank you all so much for joining us and listening to us on Attacking Third. You can follow us on Twitter and now on TikTok at Attacking Third for more breaking news, highlights, and so much more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And if you have any questions for us, there's a way to get them answered. You got to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question, and Lisa and I will answer it during a mailbag segment. So five-star review plus a question on Apple Podcast Reviews, you'll get it answered. Lisa and I will be back on Wednesday with a Challenge Cup semifinal preview. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was the second day. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You're ready, Bob. Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.